This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. How you holding up? What do you say we take a big breath together, all right? Thank you for tuning in today. Today, I am learning new words and new thoughts. Maybe these are new for you, too. First, the mother wound. Have you ever heard of that? If you have a mother, some say you have a mother-sized impression in your life that needs at least our ability to look at it clearly. I guess we can say the same exists for all members of our first family. They get us when the cement is wet, and we can spend a lifetime trying to smooth out the rough edges they leave. But again, life is about growth and personal responsibility, so we'll look at that. And urban zen. It's a method and philosophy put forth by fashion designer Donna Karen. D-K-N-Y, all up in my eye, Donna Karen. Can't we just have a belly laugh over the fact that I just made a 1997 rap reference. Oh, Casey, you are too much. Will Smith, getting jiggy with it. Anyway, Usits. Usits are practitioners of this urban Zen philosophy, and they're helping patients and caregivers. And we can learn it, too. That's on the way. But first, my dear friend sent me a video the other night on my phone. Now, this friend and I, we have the big deep talks, you know? And this video just blew me away. It was Bethany Webster talking about the mother wound. Two words I had never heard put together before. So I reached out to Bethany to get an education because at first I didn't understand what she believes. I believe that everyone who lives in a patriarchal culture has a mother wound to some degree, men and women. I focus on women in my work, but I do have a lot of men who follow me and and benefit a lot from what I share about it. Okay, I'm going to give you, for instance, a dear friend of mine just lost her mom, and she is just beyond the beyond. She said her mom was her BFF. They had the best relationship in the world. So does even someone like that have a mother wound? I'm not sure I'm following what it is. The mother wound is personal, it's cultural, it's spiritual, and it's also planetary. I see it on four levels. But let's just start with the personal level. The personal mother wound is limiting beliefs, the negative thoughts and, and patterns that we have inside of us that are the result of specific dynamics between us and our mothers. You know, our relationships with our mothers were one of the most significant of our lives. We can't escape that. So it's part of our development. And so the dynamics with our mothers, if there was any dysfunction, pain, you know, abuse, trauma, you know, on that side of the spectrum, it can really, you know, run the gamut. But we were really shaped by it. There's no shame in that. That's okay. And that's how humans develop. The problem is that we live in a culture that says we can't talk about it. And our culture has a very black or white view of mothers. They're either all good, holy, next to God, can do no wrong, or they're blamed for everything and, you know, dismissed and unsupported in our culture. So we have a black or white relationship, which is very wounded relations, I would say, in our culture with mothers. So what does that do? It kind of compounds any degree of struggle we've had with our mothers, any tension or stress in our relationship. It compounds it because we don't feel like we can talk about it. Some of us have great relationships with our mothers, which is wonderful. For those of us who don't, sometimes we have to make ourselves believe that we do. 
because it's just too scary to talk about it, to acknowledge to ourselves that there might be something amiss there. So that's kind of the, the, the nutshell version of personal. Whatever we don't deal with, we pass on, and, and that's part of it. So what I'm seeing here is, of course, mothers are revered. And they're sacred. And I get that part where even if you didn't have the greatest relationship with your mother, you don't know where there's no place to put that because you're supposed right. to love and respect and adore your mother. And and two, your right. mother's also human. So any ceiling she had for herself gets passed down to you. And then there's, yep. there's the ceiling she had for you. Think about it. You know, the most significant relationship of our lives that helps us develop most optimally is a woman. And in the culture a woman is generally devalued, dismissed. And, and so where does that put us? It has a kind of cognitive dissonance. It's like we need to idealize our mothers and we're children in order to internalize that we're okay, that we're safe, that we're good as people in order to continue to develop. But at the same time, the culture around us gives us a message that it's not okay to be feminine or female or it's something to be ashamed of. So it creates kind of a really, I like to say that the mother wound is kind of the first wound of the heart that we experience, whether we feel it consciously or not, because we live in the culture we do, it sets us up for a lot of struggles in some ways. And then some of us watch our mothers struggle with various things, whether it was her own trauma from her own family or financial troubles, addiction, or just living as a woman in this culture. There's there's a lot that you deal with. And so as women, especially, we internalize that. We, we internalize certain messages about ourselves and about what's possible for us, what's okay, what's not okay. So it gets very complicated, of course. That's why a lot of people avoid it. But what I try to bring to our awareness is that there's actually a level of development that we go through in processing the mother wound and looking at it and healing it and digesting it and coming to the other side, which is possible. And not only is it possible, it's urgent. We're living in a time where Harvey Weinstein got 23 years sentencing. We're starting to look at, as a culture, accountability and accountability on many levels, something that's been way overdue. And the world around us is reflecting back to us the troubles that are not just out there, they're inside of us and they we grew up with with them to some level in our own families. So with the time of reckoning, I think we're living through, and I think as women, a lot of us are really ready to do this kind of deeper accounting for ourselves on what are my challenges now and, and where did it all start? Because really, when we can go to the root of it, we can actually move through it. But a lot of people think, well, I don't want to look back and go into despair or like rehash the past, but it's not rehashing the past, actually. Um, the past is alive and well right here in the moment, and, right. and it's only through this deeper work that we can actually come out the other side, really. It's Kind of the nicest thing you can do for yourself, really, is to take a look and see where you're at with all this. Now, if you had a mother that was completely supported and adored in her lifetime and was completely accepting of herself and therefore adoring and accepting of you, too, you have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> but if you, if you had a mother on planet Earth who had her own challenges and struggles, you may have got a little piece of something that you're afraid to look at because you don't want to, you know, slap the your mama. So, um, quote unquote, in italics, of course, let me ask you this. What's your relationship with your mother like now? Yeah. So my story is that I actually do not have contact with my mother at all. And I have actually a severe mother wound that I've been working on. I think now it's, I've been in therapy with the same therapist who's a, a brilliant trauma therapist for, I think, 22 years now at this point. So I've had a really severe mother wound and I've been consistently for so long working through it. And I think that's kind of 
the piece for me that's really rare is that I've gone through such a deep healing process that I've been able to come out the other side with a lot of insight about, wait a second, you know, this is actually part of our healing as women as a whole. In my situation, I play the role of my mother's caretaker, emotional support. You know, our roles were kind of reversed. Mm -hmm. Um, I was my mother's emotional support. So I had to grow up really fast. And then in my late 20s, I wanted to shift that relationship with her. And I said, hey, let's, this isn't working for me. This has been painful for a long time. I know you don't mean to do it, but I need to, I want to ship this so we can be on more equal footing and have a better relationship. But she responded really poorly to that. And uh, it kind of blew up my whole family. And I had a lot of insights like, wow, I've been kind of playing this role of kind of emotional servant for everyone in my family. And the, and the moment I wanted to change that and be more of an individual with my own kind of boundaries and the family kind of discarded me. So it was a real eye opener that wow, there was a power dynamic happening in that relationship where, you know, it's kind of like patriarchy through the female line, how it gets passed down from mothers to daughters. And there was a belief in my family that you do this for your mother and your daughter will do it for you. That really, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to shift that. I had no idea that it was going to kind of blow up the family, but, and it's sad and tragic, but actually it, I learned so much through it Mm. and it was a liberating, actually, ultimately an incredibly liberating journey. And I learned over time that there's a lot of other women who are struggling with this very thing, but not talking about it, whether it's tension with their mothers or having to go no contact. And men as well. Exactly. And And let me ask you this. What was your mother's relationship like with her mother? Yes, great question. There's always so much in that in that um, mother to grandmother uh, relationship. So that relationship was there was you know honestly on both sides of my family there was a lot of addiction and alcohol and substance abuse and. Um, uh, thankfully, I didn't struggle with that myself. Thank God. But it was something that was in my grandmother's life. She was an you know, everybody had this myth, she's the perfect mother, she does everything right. It was kind of this tiptoeing, though. And I didn't realize till college that actually she had been an active alcoholic when my mother was a child. She was the oldest daughter of six children. And so she was uh, actually what they call parentified as well, which means she had to take care of all of her siblings. Her My grandmother was, she was incapacitated for days at a time. So my mother never actually went to therapy, dealt with any of it in any consistent way. And so um, I think when she had me, it was kind of like, oh, well, finally, I have someone who's going to take care of me because I didn't get taken care of when I was a child. So her story is really sad, but she was never willing to look at that, take responsibility for that. It was kind of like I was the bad mommy. I turned into the bad mommy as her daughter because I could no longer give her those emotional needs that, of course, were normal needs, but she didn't get them met in her own development and she didn't get support with kind of processing that. So it just became this unsolvable thing between us. So it's a kind of a good example of how my mother had her own experience and then she passed that down. Right. And then, but no one, I'm sure my mother, my grandmother's, you know, mother before her, I know there was also a lot of tension on that relationship. It just goes back and back. Um, And also with my father and his mother, a ton of wounds there for Irish family immigrants and a lot of economic poverty and also substance abuse. But there was also like this maternal sadism on both sides. Um, One covert, which is my mother's side, which was more like cloaked in status and everything is fine. And then my father's side, it was, it was just more overt. Like it was, it was rough. So it's like, here I am at the intersection of these two lineages. And I was the only one though, that had gone to any kind of extensive therapy that had worked on it. And so 
it kind of makes sense in a way that I was the black sheep. Yeah. And so and I didn't fit. The, the cycle stopped with me. That's right. really um, what it was for me. Yeah. And you're going to yeah. heal. You're healing the family line. You're healing the family line. And it's absolutely you can't fit because this is ingrained in everybody's psyche is this is how we do it. And you say, uh, uh, it's not working for me. And, and it takes, mm-hmm. you know, and you lose people that way. But it's okay because you find yourself. You truly do. You find yeah, yourself. Yeah, exactly, know? exactly. And what are we, you know, we need more people, I think. The culture change that we need is going to take a lot of us. And the more of us that are willing and able, right. you know, to do this kind of deeper work, it's going to help, I think, to shift the culture. And there's right. a lot of us that are now waking up to this and feeling ready. And it's not like a badge of, oh, I, I feel ashamed. I have so much trauma in my family. I'm seeing the shift. That it's more like people are saying, you know, this is a badge of honor. You know, I'm yeah. willing now to deal with what people haven't been willing to deal with. And um, it's time. It's yeah. time to break the cycle. And also, too, it's just kind of, in one way of looking at it is, you we're just taking a veil away from something that everybody has. Nobody had the perfect yeah. mother. Nobody had the perfect childhood. Everybody got a little banged up and dinged here and there. And if, yep. yeah, and it's okay to look at it. But you know, And also to not vilify our ancestors because they were doing the best they could. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. They were doing the best they could with the tools that they had. Mm-hmm. And what I like to teach people that, that went through this kind of thing is that you can have compassion for them and their journey and, you know, the struggles they had. But you also have to have boundaries. You can have both. And I think as people have gone through a lot of trauma, there's also this feeling like, well, I have to just forgive them and then that's it. It's not that, but that's not the whole story. You want to have a cognitive understanding of what you actually went through, how it's impacting you. I also want to grieve, you know, the fact that, um, like for me, part of my journey was grieving, but I really never got to be a child. I got, I had to be like a grown-up adult, which I couldn't be. It's impossible, but, right. you know, childhood is over. It's lost. So there's a grieving that has to happen. And then with that, we can let go. We can accept what happened. And then we can let go of some of the patterns that persist into adulthood that are holding us back, keeping us down, keeping us stuck. And you can have boundaries, right? So we can show up differently as adults in ways that we couldn't as children. And I teach this practice called what I call inner mothering. And I have a book coming out July 28th from HarperCollins. It's called Discovering the Inner Mother, a guide to healing the mother wound and claiming your personal power. So it's all about introducing this idea that all of us have a gap of what we needed and what we received, or we received things that we shouldn't have received, you know, from our parents, inevitably, and how to fill that gap from within ourselves. How can we give that gift to ourselves on a daily basis and and feel that inner safety, become our own primary source of support? But what it basically does is allow you to individuate from your family and develop a sense of inner safety, Um, because that's really one of the most important things in our development as children was to feel safe. You know, and we can't be creative or, you know, spontaneous or fully intelligent if we're not, if we're feeling unsafe. And a lot of us are, even as adults. And it shows up in our relationships, our careers, our parenting, what have you. So it's kind of dealing with what I call like the linchpin underneath all of our issues. This is something that's kind of in underneath. It's like the root. And when we deal with the root, then we can really see a large scale transformation in our lives. Yeah. Bethany Webster, bethanywebster.com. And love to you, Mom, and all the moms. Compassion is key, even when distance is the healthiest thing. 
you can do for you. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. Here's where I usually tell you what's coming up. And maybe there will be a Gifted Women Day of Prayer on April 4th at Graymore. There could be a couple of spiritual weekend retreats in August at Graymore and Mariondale. Casey.co will keep you up to date. But I think what I want to share right now is how much love and abundance and health is in the world right now. Even in light of all that is happening, you can take a breath with me and tap into the love and peace and health and abundance that is already inside of you. And come back to this moment often where a group of strangers connected by radio waves took a breath together to feel the abundance of goodness in the universe. And you know, something I share with my coaching clients every day is we need to become a loving mother and father to ourselves. We each need a deep self-care and self-love routine where the voice in our heads talks to us like a loving parent would. And some people can make that super complicated or tell you how difficult it is. I disagree. It's natural. And our spirits are calling out for it. And you can train your brain and spirit to do this too. Start here. Get in the habit of smiling at your own reflection when you see it, wherever you see it. Just a little smile of recognition that you're doing what you can. Even if it's not your best. Just a little compassion that life is challenging and you are managing Make that person in the mirror your best buddy. Find something nice to say. Even on the days when you don't brush your hair, put real clothes on. You're enough. You're a precious human. Love to you. Love from you. Give it a whirl. And truly, if you need coaching with that or with anything, email me. I'll help you. No charge. Capiche? Okay. Sermon over. Fashion designer Donna Karen created a practice to put health back into the healthcare system after helping to nurse someone she loved. Ashley Romano is a gerontologist with Care Right Centers, and she can tell us more. Urban Zen Integrative Therapy is an incredible program that was created by Donna Karen, uh, DKNY Donna Karen. And when her incredible husband passed away, she felt like there was no care in healthcare. The incredible artist Stephen Weiss is her late husband, and he died of cancer. And while he was ill, she had the opportunity to bring in her support system, so bringing in essential oils to the hospital, using her yoga practice to help her during this time. So after his passing, she promised him that she would take care of the nurses, so she created what's called Urban Zen. So there's these incredible therapists called Yuzin, Urban Zen Integrative Therapists, and they are the ones that we now have the real honor of having in our communities to serve our patients. Use it, U-Z-I-T, Urban Zen Integrative Therapists. And who are they giving therapy to, the caregivers or the patients? Awesome question. So it's actually a three-pronged model. The UZITs give care to our staff that are providing care to our patients. They support our patients, and they also support our patients' families. So we actually have Zendens in our communities, in our centers, that are open to staff, to patients, and to their families. Wow. Okay, so what can I find in a Zenden? Sure. So in a Zenden, you would see something that looks almost like a massage table where someone could receive Reiki. 
you could see um, many different essential oils that we work with um, just to really ensure that we're providing the best balance and opportunity, whether it's uplifting or a grounding opportunity. And the cool thing about Urban Zen is that they actually work off of the panic model. So that'll I'll break down a little bit for you as well. When you're supporting, whether it's a patient or an adult caregiver, right, who's just really in that sandwich generation, they have children in school, mom or dad perhaps needing care, they often fall into the panic mode as well, as well as our employees. So panic is an acronym that stands for pain, anxiety, nausea, insomnia, constipation, and we added E for exhaustion because I think we all know today that's something that we're all suffering with. Constipation? Yes. Gentle movement, our geriatric population, absolutely. And that makes sense because we hold a lot of grief in our guts. All right, I've never heard this acronym panic before. Uh, So in the Zen Den, we've got Reiki, we've got essential oils, and we've got urban Zen therapists working on everybody, the patients, the caregivers, and the family. Yep. So the Zen Den can be used for, let's say, a daughter and a patient, Um, maybe mom's end of life and the daughter is working on her bereavement and grieving process and they're having these sessions together. It could be for two of our nurses that perhaps just lost a patient. And it could even just be for an employee that feels like they're struggling at home and they want to be their best selves when they come into one of our centers. So the Zen Den itself is a space for a little bit of a a more private one-on-one or smaller group session. And then our users actually are out on the floors doing everything from a station break of Reiki behind the nursing station to seeing our patient's bedside. And it's, uh, it's pretty miraculous. Wow. It's like, they're, it's like we've gone back in time and they are, yes. they are the shaman in the tribe. Yes. Yes, wow. absolutely. So this is going on at Care Right Centers. And how many of these are there in the world? So there are 30, approximately 30 care right centers between New York and Tennessee and Florida. And then we have the pleasure of having Urban Zen in about 11 of our communities. Okay. Now, Donna Karen was a fashion designer. Um, yes. I'm putting together that she also had a healthy spiritual and uh, physical regime. But really, I mean, what did she know? How did she craft this entire therapy? So using her own lifestyle skills and tools and her incredibly large philanthropic heart, I think just from having to practice herself, she was able to curate and bring together some of the most incredible practitioners to create this program. Um, it was a, her promise to her husband was to take care of the nurses. So she went ahead and took care of the nurses by creating a program that in the middle of their workday, our nurses have the opportunity to really reground, uh, take care of themselves, practice self-care, and be educated on tools that allow them to take these practices home. Wow. So not only did she see that her husband could use alternative care, she also saw the nurses that were working on his care needed help as well. Absolutely. She always tells incredible stories of how uh, when she was with her husband in the hospital, the nurses would always come in and smell her essential oils and ask about them and take them. And it's, it's an incredible model because that's the way that we start the program. We roll out Urban Zen in one of our centers by simply passing essential oils, yeah. allowing the team to understand, you know, what does peppermint do for you? How can that help your patients? How can that help your mood? What is lavender? Where does lavender come from? Why do we use it in our practice? So it's, uh, yeah, it's incredible. And, and what it does for our patients is just, uh, it's beautiful. Wow. 
I love this. All right, is there anything else our listeners need to know this morning? We have the opportunity for anyone to go ahead and take a complimentary Urban Zen class at a CareRight Center's location, and they could go ahead and find that on our website, which is CareRightCenters.com. CareRightCenters.com, and we, anyone, can go there and take an Urban Zen class? Absolutely. So all of our communities really just hold Donna's mission, which is to just ensure that we're providing community support. So we offer complimentary classes that are attended by our team members and members in the community. It's open to anybody who would like to join. And uh, yeah, it's just a little way that we can give back. Brilliant. Now, did Donna, Karen, is is this Urban Zen practice in other facilities or did she have a special affinity for care right centers? Urban Zen Integrative Therapy Program is also in UCLA. Um, she has a very, very prominent stance in both LA and New York. It actually started at Beth Israel Hospital in Manhattan. It's a, a beautiful partnership with several several different medical models. Great. Have you met her? Yes, yes. Wow. We actually have our St. James community, uh, one of our units named after her. She's an incredible woman and um, just really just brightens a room and, and understands what everybody else needs. All right. Well, everybody needs uh, an Urban Zen class at CareRight, and where can they go to get that? Sure. So you can go ahead and check us out at carewritecenters.com or even our Instagram, which is carewritecenters, C-A-R-E-R-I-T-E-C-E-N-T-E-R-S. Ashley Romano, gerontologist, carewrite, R-I-T-E, centers. Good stuff. Great education for me today. Hi, I'm Casey. We can keep in touch at Casey, K-A-C-E-Y dot co, C-O. And if you need a little help, reach out. Truly. I'm here. Our thought for the day is from Will Smith, who said, na, 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 getting jiggy with it. He also said, let your smile change the world. Don't let the world change your smile. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.